Or that mortally wound me. Because you're a cat man. Uh, yeah, but I like dogs too. Oh, okay. Never mind then. He's what you'd call an Ace Ventura. Ah, he's a lover of all animals. Yes, and penguins a little too much. That's why he's not allowed to go to the Detroit Zoo anymore. Well, that's a bummer because they really... Bummer is correct. (laughs) Wink! (laughs) They redid that exhibit and it's beautiful now. All right, everybody. Merry Chrysler. Happy New Year's. Holiday season. Today's the first day of Kwanzaa, and welcome to the Movie Dummies Podcast, the podcast where dummies talk about movies. Uh, We've got a a holiday-themed movie to watch this week, but first, uh, I am Joe, and with me in Texas with us this week is Shannon. Hello. And Angela. Hi. She's right here in the room with us, guys, but and there's also Matt. Hi. He's not in the room with us, but he's in our hearts. Always. He's a spirit. He's a spewit. Yeah, I like ghosts. Has he spewit? He's the spirit that mm, became spirit's real. Spirit's a touch of bravado. <laughs> <laughs> so, this week what we're going to be doing is we have watched a film. Um, one that Angela had never seen before. Never. Gasp. It, it is kind of a gasp moment, um, but she has these weird proclivities where she's like, she probably was like at the time, I won't watch a Nicolas Cage movie. No, <laughs> if I remember correctly, let's see, 2000, I was 14. I was probably just like, mm, that seems like an adult movie. I'm not saying like. If there isn't any teenagers making out, I'm just not interested. I Thanks. didn't probably watch it in 2000, but since the 21 years that have passed, I have seen it. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes there are just things that aren't a priority, and it's not like I had an opportunity to watch it and said, nah, oh, okay. I just never watched it. Maybe this is a sleeper. Let us know out there. Hit us up on Instagram at Movie Dummies Podcast if this is like a obscure movie people haven't seen. I don't think I saw it when it came out, but much, much later. Yeah, probably probably about the time we got together, mm-hmm. 2003, somewhere around there. Maybe like it is five. a holiday staple for us. We watch it just about every year. Was Joe a big influence in you watching it, or did you would you have found it on your own, you think? I think Joe ended up seeing it before and recommended it, and that's how I ended up watching it. Gotcha. I'm like, no, I've never seen that Christmas movie. I mean... I have seen a shit ton of movies. Yeah. Just a metric. Well, I have load. watched over. <laughs> I I no Christmas no no joke. I've probably seen five thousand movies. That's a lot of movies. It's a worry. lot of movies. I'll update my status. Three at the very least. I wish I hadn't. <laughs> Only I'm lo- three. I'm looking at That's you. What's up? Track record. I'm looking at you. Zombie apocalypse or whatever the fuck that apocalypse movie was called. Z. And, uh, How then, dare you forget me? I'm your president of the right. United States. Then what's the shit ass movie we watched off. that was a Pacific Rim ripoff? Atlantic Rim. Yeah, Atlantic Rim. Yeah, yeah, fuck that noise. Nope. Not <laughs> like Indiana Rim. Yeah, Indiana. creative marketing ploy. Indian Ocean Rim. Oh. Well, we're not here to talk about that type of movie, Indian Ocean Rim. Rim job. We're here to talk about a good movie. It's yeah. it's a mm-hmm. treat and a rarity that we actually watch like a legit good movie. Um. Well, hold on. Let's let's hold judgment. We'll see if Angela thought it was good. This is mm. called The Family Man. I don't know if it's available to stream anywhere. I own this movie, so that's how we watched it. Um, it stars 
Nicolas Cage, and Taya Leone. And it was directed by none other than Brett Ratner, who yeah. was uh, hot at the time with like the Rush Hour movies. Mm. Yeah. So he would have made this movie, then like soon after this came out, it would have been Rush Hour 2. Wow. Yeah, and then he also, in 2017, has faced Me Too charges, but whatever. Bummer. You know. oh. Who'd have thought That's he was Hollywood. Shit? Who'd have thought he was a shithead of a person? So it is not available Everyone. to stream for free. Mm, okay, so it's a good thing I purchased it for $7.99. You can rent it for $3. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad I had it on DVD because I don't want to... Yeah, I mean, I watch this movie every year. I figured it was worth the money to buy it, so... Sure. Absolutely. So, the movie is about this, all right? We're going to go through the plot like we do when we actually talk about a film, all right? So here we are. Jack, which is Nicolas Cage, and Kate, which is Taya Leone, who have been together since college, are at JFK Airport where Jack is about to leave to take up a 12-month internship with Barclays in London. Kate fears the separation will be detrimental to their relationship and asks him not to go, but he reassures her, saying their love is strong enough to last, and he flies out. Okay, what do we think about this opening scene? Wait a second. What year would that be? It was 1987. 1987. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes. 88, because he... No, he it was, was 1987. It said on the thing. Did it? Yeah, yes. It said on the screen. He yeah. said in 1988 he was at bar in, in London, London. Yeah. but he was there for 12 months. He flew so out. It was going there. To be... So what was the award he had later for 88, where he's a junior salesman of the year? E.F. Hutton just... or whatever. E.F. Hutton? Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. something that he still he like stayed in New York. He did that, but then, okay, we'll get to why. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just think there's a bad connection um, with the year and what we'd see in the scene. Like, it seems like it's in the year 2000 and not 1987. There was definitely nothing dramatically 80s. But there's nothing dramatically 2000 about it. I mean, it was, I mean, it was fine, but it, she could have had giant hair or giant shoulder pads. They could have made a better yeah, effort to represent the 80s since it's a, yeah. such a visually iconic it should have had a bunch of weird people mm, maybe they're just down through in the background it, or something yeah something easy. to just hint he, he should have had something. a fanny pack on mullet i bought mullet i mean i guess now that i think about it harry matt sally was 80 yeah. or something I mean, and he, that they wasn't looked, that's kind of like what they looked like yeah very when harry met sally hair long very straight hair yeah. He's in the sweater. Yeah. It's very winter. I wonder if that was intentional. Good I bet it up. was. Good pickup. I thought they had very good chemistry together, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I love Taya Leone. She's a tremendous actress. It's, it's a I lot kinda, of fun. I don't care what anybody says. Nicolas Cage is a fucking great actor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. I, I'm Matter you don't like Italian? In like... If you guys, I, sh- I sent you this video, I don't know, like a year and a half ago of him like breaking down all his famous roles and he's got pathos for everything. Oh yeah. yeah. For every time he screamed uncontrollably, he's like, cause that's how, uh, so-and-so did it in the 1937 film. Like the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> we thought he was a maniac. No, no, he is. I've always said love him or hate him. He is deliberate. 
Yeah. He made There's a method just, for his he's madness. he's more deliberate than I ever thought he was. That it's it's all a choice, right? Those are the his acting choices, right, whether you, you like, like him or not. On the surface, it looks like he's like making a choice just to act crazy. Oh, but no, he's no. he's shaping his performance very specifically based on something that we didn't think about. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's amazing. Anyways, he's good in the first scene. She's good in the first scene. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Second scene, Shannon. Oh, second scene. Well, second brick of plot. Oh. Ooh, excuse you. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the voice that I was going to do. <laughs> I can't remember, of course. Of course. It was like 13 years later. Oh, Jack. Boy. Is now a bachelor living a carefree life as a Wall Street executive in New York City. At work, he is putting together a multi billion dollar merger and has ordered an emergency meeting on Christmas Day. In his office on Christmas Eve, he gets a message to contact Kate, but even though he remembers her, he dismisses it apparently uninterested. So how do you guys feel about his life in the city? Well, he is a bachelor. He's got some crazy, you know, some very attractive lady that he just met and bald, and he seems pretty happy. Likes oh, his oh, money. Oh, oh. Let's take a let's take a poll, like that lady did. <laughs> you're you're so funny. I'm hilarious. I think that chick's a a very expensive hooker, escort type of person. I'm going no. Angela says no. I don't know. I think she's a gold digger. Ooh. Yeah, I think she's just like a Wall Street bunny. Yeah. Like follows rich people around and is like, how much gold do you have that I can dig? So essentially, she's an escort. Yeah, Mm. but not formally. Former. Right. No, formally. She just wants to get money. She's not actually charging for it. Right. So she's an idiot. Yeah. Okay. She's a legal prostitute. She should just be hooking and making more money. Well, that's illegal. Is it? Supposedly. When the men you are fucking are the ones who write the laws, I think you get to do whatever you want. Unless they are unsatisfied with you in some way. Then you're the first on the chopping block. you You know that they have video of him humping and pumping away on her with his red face. and. So Jack sings opera. Well... He does sing opera. Nicholas Cage. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine that's something he decided he wanted to do. Yeah. It was actually oh, yeah. put in the film, according to IMDb, because the opera song he was singing, mm-hmm. the song is sung by a womanizing duke who describes women as flighty and untrustworthy, when in actuality, the duke is the flighty and untrustworthy one. And it's supposed to mirror how jack is at the start of the film a wealthy irresponsible philanderer 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 philangelist ned philanderers <laughs> it's chandler's cousin philanderer i would never have known that i didn't know what he was singing just some... singing an opera song i mean it's probably the most um well-known recognizable opera songs not that I knew the name of it or where it's from or anything like that it's called Italiano Macho but you know (laughs) much Italian (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's it's pretty uh, common yeah I'd say it's recognizable as being an opera song even though like none of us are uh, 
you know, opera people. Opera people. But I was like, oh yeah, I've heard that. Speak before. for yourself. Okay, I am not. I go an to opera the opera person. all the time with many monies that I have. You know, I did see your diamond-studded opera glasses. I should have known. Yeah. He doesn't go inside. He hangs out by the dumpsters because he's got that soft touch. Oh, gross. I'm so glad it muted at soft for me. It's better acoustics. <laughs> you don't know anything. Right. I, I'm my bad. He just services people, $15 a man. No big deal. <laughs> I got a woman once. I, oh, all right. I Was that did weird? like... Sorry, I didn't mean to change the subject. <laughs> the yes, secretary of Jack and her Adele. Adele. Oh, yeah. Yes. Her level Hello. Level lovely cracks that she had at him. Yeah. It did help. So there is like character building going on that I really actually enjoyed. Jack is definitely uh narcissistic. He's entitled, but he Your is a sweet shit. man. Um that whatever Kate saw in him previously still exists because he's very sweet to people that you would normally think a person like that like would find beneath them he's very good to his secretary he is very good to his doorman yep he's good to the security guard like serious black judge a man by how he treats his inferiors not his equals there you go he wasn't being very nice to the one guy though which one guy well yeah well there there is competitiveness going on there they basically are Alan is his they're, they're, equal, not well, not, not equal because Jack is president. Sure, but, but you don't want to put blood in the water for someone like that. Right. He has the capacity to be an yes. equal, as you find out later. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert! <laughs> well, all right, so where are we at then? We're at Matt. Yeah, uh, before I read this, should we mention what happens in the liquor store or the whatever store? Does that ha- No, you're about to read that, buddy. Is he? Yeah. Nope. All yeah. Right. On Christmas Day, Jack <laughs> wakes up in a suburban New Jersey... Yeah, we already skipped it. New Jersey bedroom with Wait, hold on, hold on, children. hold on. I sent you the wrong paragraph then. Yep. Oh, no, 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 no. I wanted Angela to read this one. Oh. That's what happened. My okay. bad. Hold on. Tip. I didn't send it, so it's just up here, Boogie. Hold on, yeah, hold on, hold on. That. You said to put it up there, you could read it's it. It's so big, it's so small. You lie. It's so big, it's so small. It's not big <laughs> enough. my sex <laughs> On his way home, <laughs> in a convenience store when a young man, Cash, his name was Cash? Cash oh. Money. Oh, right, right, right. Enters, claiming to have a winning lottery ticket worth $238. But the store clerk refuses him, saying that the ticket is a forgery. Cash pulls out a gun, threatens him, so Jack offers to buy the ticket. Jack Cat- offers. <laughs> <laughs> and Cash eventually oh, agrees. Gosh. Outside, Jack tries to help Cash, to which he responds by asking Jack if anything is missing from his life. Jack says he has everything he needs. Whereupon Cash enigmatically remarks that Jack has brought upon himself what is now going to happen and walks away a puzzle jack returns to his penthouse and sleeps yeah theater of the mind oh okay you're doing some foley work yeah 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 yeah. i love so we got don chiedel yes comes in as 
if you've never seen this movie before and you have no, no idea what's going on, you must be confused by what he's happening. Yeah, it's kind of it. I, it was weird, and I was watching it. I was just kind of like, "Huh? Why would this lottery ticket be fake? Why won't this gentleman behind the counter even look at it? What is going on here?" But well, it's it's the point where he goes, "You were so close, or you almost had it," or whatever he says to what's that guy's name, Ken Leung. Yeah, very famous actor now. I mean, if Nick Cage hadn't stepped in, what would have been the outcome? Was Don Cheadle trying to get him to step in, or was he just, like, going in there to see what would happen? I think whatever magic organization he works for, they were probably looking at multiple angles. Either the store clerk, like, has a heart, or Jack steps in and does what he needs to do. His his level of influence is insane, like, because... You go from him wielding a gun to try to prove a point to later just giving back the wrong amount of change right. to prove a point. So I don't, I don't know the ways and measures system that they have going on. <laughs> For whatever, is this God? Is this a generic higher power? Because huh. I don't, like that though. I don't want to. You just said it's an organization, which leaves it pretty open to the. Well, they're. They're obviously doing It's a Wonderful Life, right? Right. But it's in reverse. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, in It's a Wonderful Life, they're very clear that that's an angel. Right. Yeah. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Right? Mm-hmm. And they even use a bell in this movie. a boy, Clarence. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't, you know. I mean, a bell is what it is. explain why he went to the city. Well, you know, he think, uh, was like, if I ring this, you'll be here. Like, but that was Don Cheadle thing, could though. be viewed as yeah, an evil person. Yeah, really. I mean, it's it's definitely very chaotic, neutral, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, for sure. It's not very forthcoming with any particular stances. Yeah, it's just not like what you would consider typical angel behavior. Right. I don't know. I don't know, but I was intrigued, and it was interesting, but um, Nick Cage doing the whole, let's make a deal thing, because, you know, he's a businessman or whatever, that's just, that was... Yeah, is there a reason he offers less money than what the guy says the ticket's worth? Is he just trying to be like, oh, well, I'm a businessman? He's just trying to diffuse the situation in the only way that he knows how, which is numbers and money. Right. Right. Play to your strengths, right? I guess. I don't know. If I was a rich dude, I'd just be like, I'll give you 240 for it because I don't want to die right now. Mm-hmm. But then I'd probably get shot. So yeah, yeah but that might be like, oh, you're just throwing your money at me, dude? Right. Right. What am I, a charity case? It right. was written very smart. Yes. You know? Um, I don't know. That's really all I have to say about that. It. I I liked the scene. I liked Don Cheadle. I thought... Don Cheadle's always good. I was just though. like, where's this going, though? And then they're out in the street, and he's like, you brought this on yourself? And I'm just like, what What did you bring on himself? Um, then he wakes up, right? And this is where we're at. Matt? Yes, on Christmas Day, Jack wakes up in a suburban New Jersey bedroom with 
Kate and two children. He rushes out to his condo and office in New York, but both doormen refuse his entrance and do not recognize him. Jack runs out into the street and encounters Cash driving Jack's Ferrari. Although Cash offers to explain what is happening, all he says is a vague reference to the organization and that Jack is getting a glimpse that will help him to figure out for himself what it's about. Yeah, and I think us as moviegoers understand what's going on. Yeah, but like what's weird to me, you know, with an with it's a wonderful life. You know, Jimmy Stewart expressed a displeasure about his life and his circumstances, so the angel shows him why he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Wherein this film Nick Cage is perfectly content and happy with who he is and his life, and he is really upset to find it altered. I mean, the basic premise in that he is wrong about what he wants out of life is is there, I guess, because ultimately he finds he was wrong to think that he was happy with his life before. But I don't know. I, I feel like... There should have been something that showed us that secretly, deep down inside in places he doesn't even acknowledge, he's unhappy. But in that entire scene, you know, all the way up until he wakes up in New Jersey, there really isn't... All all we get is that he's perfectly happy. He loves his life. At least on the surface. I mean, but if you look, look at what they've shown you, everything seems very empty. Yeah, yeah he's to, very soulless. Sure, to us who, you know, want something deep and meaningful in our lives, but he seems perfectly content with the emptiness. Well, we, do, we can't make that conclusion, I don't think. I think that would be a jump to make. But he does seem to be content with what is going on, but that, he seems content. Right. What is slowly revealed is that he actually wasn't. But he doesn't even know that he wasn't content. Right, but Cash knew. Right. I just, I don't know. I feel like I would have preferred it if somewhere deep down inside he and and we the viewer saw a moment where he's looking into a whiskey glass and he's clearly discontent with his life something i th- i think those things come in different forms personally like him being there on christmas eve till eight at night him calling a special session uh on christmas day and willing to be be willing to fly out on christmas day to go do these things and like like throwing himself at everything, it seems to me, I'm, I might be projecting, but maybe this is what we're supposed to do sometimes with art, right? Yeah. He's trying to fill a void. And we know that no, it doesn't matter what he does, like it'll never be enough. It's never going to fill that emptiness inside of him. And I... I think that... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it looks like emptiness to me. He has no real relationships. The only people he chit-chats with on any sort of personal level, are like the doorman and the security guard. Doesn't he tell the doorman to invest in paper? Yep. In the year 2000, that's a really bad idea. (laughs) Um, But I think in the scene with his secretary where he's talking about Kate, you do get like a tinge of regret in his voice. Like he's like, kind of like, I wonder what could have happened. He doesn't express it in words, but I think there's that hint in his voice where he's like, yeah, I almost married her. He doesn't have it's to think maybe... very. He doesn't think very hard to come up with who that right. is. Right. Right. Even after thirteen years, it's very fresh in his memory, which also tells me something. I mean, if he never 
actually dated, like actually was intimate with anybody in that 13 years? Why wouldn't that? I mean, she's it's not like he's got this river of women that he has to wade through to figure out which one's Kate. She's the only one. Yeah, but I mean, to be that top of mind, though, I don't know. Like, if you ask me about a name, I'd have to think about it for a second. Oh, I don't. Oh, I would. If if somebody mentioned any of my ex exes that I had a more than casual relationship with, I'd I'd know who they are immediately. I might remember names, but I definitely wouldn't. Rem- I couldn't recognize them if I saw them. I mean, I wouldn't. But he didn't see her and recognize you know her. I mean? They said this. I might this be woman like, called for you. But I can't like make any sort of connection to that person. <laughs> I know that's very very sad for me. I mean, I or bliss. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to remember any of these people. No. <laughs> At least in my case. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, like, whatever. I don't know. I think it says something. <laughs> well, maybe it does. Yeah. I'm not yeah, I think uh, you can kind of... rapey rush hour, so I don't know. Mm. I think you just kind of hear it in his voice a little bit, like when he talks about Kate and what could have happened. I think there's that tinge of regret. Yeah, you know, and I don't even know if it's so much as regret. Regret is more of like wondering what could have, what his life could have been like. But yeah, you can definitely hear it in his voice. Like there's, he knows that there's something else, or he wonders if there's something else when he talks about her. All right. Okay, on to the next section. What? 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 What'd you say? What? I said, why are you laughing? Oh, because Shannon just came back in the room. Does everyone know I left? Nope. They do now. First mention of it. Oh, hi. (laughs) All right, so Jack slowly realizes that he is living the kind of life he might have had if he stayed in the United States with Kate. And she had asked, or as she had asked, I'm sorry. He has a modest family life where he is a car tire salesman for Kate's father, and Kate is a nonprofit lawyer. Jack's young daughter, Annie, thinks he is an alien, but a friendly one, and assists him in fitting into his new life. With a few setbacks, Jack begins to succeed, bonding with his children, falling in love with his wife, and working hard at his job. Uh, little Annie it was super cute. She was. Oh my gosh. She knew She's immediately really cute, but yeah. that that was not her dad. She was a good little actress. Mm-hmm. And she, she came out. She's still working. So and good for her. A spy kid. Yeah, she was a spy kid. Yeah, the aliens in the mothership. You look just like him. <laughs> You're not going to kidnap us, are you? No. Okay. No, it's promise you won't kidnap me and my brother and plant stuff in our brains. <laughs> sure. Well, welcome to Earth. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how to make chocolate milk? I think I, I can think figure, I can figure, figure it, out. it out. <laughs> it was very charming uh, back and forth between them. It was. I think that's the the cute part of the film. It makes me kind of wonder, too, is like, is Nicolas Cage charming? Oh, yeah. When he wants to be, when that's the choice he's making, for sure. He can be... I've. He's, lots of movies, he's charming. 
He's charming in National Treasure. He is not charming in Con Air. Maybe it's because he is a national treasure. Probably. I don't think I've ever seen Con Air. That's the uh, one where he's like, if I let you suck my tongue. Ew. No, that's Face Off. Oh, oh that's right. Face Off. Yeah, he's not charming I could eat a peach either. for hours. Is Caster Troy. Gross. Mm-hmm. He's a bad guy, right? And then the yeah. good guy, because he took his face. Right. Off. Yeah. Uh, Their life is sweet and quaint. Um, I find it odd that that woman was so flirtatious with him and Taylioni never stabbed her to death. That's a good wife. Yeah, I mean... You might not have noticed a whole lot. How do you... I don't know how you don't notice that. I mean... Well, it's... It seems like that woman would choose until they were like alone to be all like, "Hey, I want your dong." I mean, Shannon, very, would you notice when they first walked into the party, and she's like, "Tia Leone was four steps away." When she's like, "Do you like my dress?" I thought you noticed it at this previous function, and my titties were out. I think you like it. I don't know. He saw her in the shower, fully nude. He has something to go for now. Well, I think uh, we're talking about wife, Taylioni. The wife. He saw his wife. Yeah, not the neighbor I lady. He, he was trying. I know. To I'm just saying him. he has something, and maybe because of that confidence they have between each other, it's not right, noticeable I, to her. Right. I think actually, like he probably responded in uh, about a similar manner as the other Jack would have responded. Like, oh, it's a terrific dress, and then he like just walks away. So I don't think Tia Leone really even thinks she has anything to work uh, worry about. Probably not. And, you know, I'm, I've been married a decade almost, and I recognize that my husband is a, that I'm not the only person on the earth who would find him attractive, that he has many great qualities that I'm sure other women are interested in. And men. And men, you know. But if Someone that I socialized with was regularly trying to get into his pants. I would be upset. You know, if 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 a random woman hit on him in a grocery store, that's not a that doesn't mean anything. And we'd all just walk away. But if, you know, a a neighbor that we regularly meet with to to go to parties, holiday parties, and our kids go to the same school and are, you know, whatever, was disrespecting our stuff regularly, then we'd have to have a conversation about it. It has nothing to do with whether or not my husband's going to sleep with her. She needs to not be such a disrespectful little shit face. (laughs) That's all. I would agree more. I would notice it for sure. Yeah, I think it would be pretty noticeable. Mm-hmm. Who went second last time? Shannon? Mm, yes. Shannon. It's my turn. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the lines, everybody. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. That's you, Shannon. That's oh, it was me. Chris. Okay. <laughs> so... 
taking advantage of a chance meeting when his former boss, Chairman Peter Lasseter, 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 mm-hmm. comes in to have a tire blowout fix. He impresses him with his business savvy, and Lasseter invites him to his office, where Jack worked in his other life. There, after a short interview, Lasseter offers him a position. While he is excited by the potential salary and other perks, Kate argues that they are very happy and they should be thankful for the life they have. Yeah, I mean, this is preceded by a couple different things where he's like, he wants to buy a better suit. Um, Of course. Because his suit makes him feel better about himself. Makes him a better person. In his own words. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, like, this is also after he takes her on an anniversary date to the city, and he winds and dines her, and they have a nice fancy evening out, and she seems to enjoy herself. And I think this helps shape his mind where, like, I this is the life I should be able to provide for her. Right. I don't know. I think he was really reaching to kind of prove to himself that he could still be who he was. That he could have both. I think is what he was Yeah, absolutely. Say. Agreed. Yeah, he just wanted to add that spice back into what he is now has. And, like, can he bring these two worlds together and be successful at it? I mean, the hard answer is no. It would be very difficult for him to be a family man and a businessman. Right. But I don't know. Well, in all reality, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. That's true. And... It's that moment that he needed to realize that, and that's what Kate's kind of getting at. Like, hello, like, is that what's going to make you happy? Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely well-paced. It's well-plotted out. Uh, I like, I really like Tay Leone's character mm-hmm. in that um, he sums it up at the end that she's such a good person and she's such a better person than him. Um, she's the one that always levels him out. And I don't think that changed between his, the old, you know, which whichever version of Nicolas Cage you're looking at. What I think is like the Nicolas Cage in her alternate universe realizes that is that that's true. And he takes every moment he can to celebrate her. No matter what their circumstances, whether they're in this shithole, like what he would what he would think is a mm-hmm. shithole, shithole job helping out Big Ed, who he doesn't seem to like. Because Big Ed acts like he's from Texas. Big Ed is his father-in-law. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just as simple as that. I just, the only thing off here in the film for me was Peter Lasseter. He seemed more cruel in the future or in In, the other. In the alternate reality? Yeah. Because, like, when they're meeting in the office, he seemed just like a snake and, like, his snide comments and... And maybe he just acts a certain way out in public compared to behind closed doors with Jack. I don't know, but he seemed like a genuine nice person in this reality. No, he seemed like a person who knew that this is somebody who could make him money. Yeah, yeah. This was a business decision. Mm -hmm. I guess you're, I would totally agree. He he prides himself on being able to find talent. Mm. Yeah, he he tells the one dude, he's like, oh, he's got you figured out or whatever. Right. He's not nice about it. He's just like, yeah, you're. He knows this jump. 
Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this section of the movie of him falling in love with his life oh, and yeah. him wanting to like try to bridge these worlds together and make it work. And it is what happens next is like legitimately heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, what's odd is like probably wouldn't that like plot. I don't know if you would call it a device or what, but probably wouldn't work today. Right. Because like, Back then, a conference call is something that's not cost-effective, and you couldn't work from home in that type of job, I wouldn't imagine, very well. Right. But today, I mean, I'm sure it becomes a necessity with uh, today's... Well, you could you could, you could could make this movie today. It'd just be like a different level of frustration, like if he tried to have his conference call and Annie is like throws a spitball at him or something, and like he's... It also depends on the company, like... I'm in in my company working from home is discouraged. We're not yeah. it, it our, our, the expectation is that we're in the office 8 to 5 Monday through Friday unless we have a very good reason not to be. Um and that reason is usually because we have to be somewhere else. But working in ho- from home is frowned upon. There's it's a very old school mentality. Got you. Which is exceptionally odd considering the last year and a half, two years of col- our collective lives. You would think they would have figured out people can be productive from home, but hmm. it's odd. Some people can. Yeah. yeah, some people can. And the people who can't should absolutely go to work. Yep. Go sit in the building. Yeah. Right, right. Let's hit this very last section of the movie, guys. Having decided that he now likes his other life, Jack again sees Cash. Now Mm -hmm. as a store clerk, he demands to stay in his life, but Cash tells him that there is no choice. A glimpse, by definition, is an impermanent thing. That night, Jack tries to stay awake but fails and wakes up the next day, Christmas Day, to find himself in his original life. He forgoes closing the acquisition deal to intercept Kate, finding her moving out of her luxury apartment before flying to Paris. Like Jack, she has focused on her career and has become a very wealthy corporate lawyer. She had only called him to return a box of his old possessions, chases after her to the airport, and in an effort to stop her leaving, describes in detail their children and family life he had seen. Intrigued, she eventually agrees to go with him for a coffee. From a distance, they are seen talking inaudibly and laughing over their coffees. Just, I just want to point out the part where like he's trying to stay awake. I probably would have died of a brain hemorrhage because I would not have slept for two weeks. Right. But uh, he just kind of like, he can't do it. He's not conditioned like you. Well, I mean, I don't think he had a choice in falling asleep or not. I think that's more of the magic at play. But, you know, we've seen it in Groundhog Day before. I mean, he also didn't have anybody screaming at him, keeping him up. Right. True. And like, uh, yes, that makes it easier. <laughs> oh boy, um, it is it is heart wrenching to to watch that slip away from him after he's been doing this for a couple months. I think we decided. Yeah, it looked like they were having a Valentine's Day sale at the tire shop. So yeah, and I think that's a that's got to be a callback to something, right? I think it's just supposed to denote give you a the frame time. of reference. Yeah. I think the most heartbreaking part is when he's playing with Annie out in the oh. 
front lawn and she's like, I knew you'd come back. I know. Uh, Heart strings successfully pulled. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, when he's describing Annie to her in the airport too. Uh, it's very cute. Oh man. It, and just, you know, that's just two months of his life changed his perspective on everything which leads me to believe that in the 13 years he spent building his little corporate um castle i mean it was never very it was never on a very firm foundation it was obviously never very satisfying for him but they just didn't and i think because at the core of his person because he's so kind to everyone right the yeah. core of his person is that guy. Yeah, he's meant to be better, and right. he need he needs her to make him better. Exactly. Which is why they belong together. You know, you keep... You said before that this was like a callback to It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Was she playing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star on the violin? Yeah. Right before he went back? Mm-hmm. Another... I'm sure which was scripted, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. Of course. Are you going somewhere with this? I'm just thinking of, you know, the connections between this film and the other um, movies. Like, if if it was purposeful. Like, of course they make a movie, right? So you'll watch it repeatedly every holiday. And so if you have such a great storyline as It's a Wonderful Life, which... I don't watch it every year. So sorry, everybody. That maybe this movie will be. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. If they can put in little nuggets from the uh, the source materials, as it were. Homage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little homages. Then that might hook a, a viewer into being like, I like this. Yeah. And definitely the airport scene, because I kept saying during this film, I was like, is that the Twin Towers? Mm-hmm. What scene happened in the airport would not happen. Like this, I wonder if this scene was one of the last scenes in New York, like if it was actually filmed in New York, I bet prior it was to 9 I bet it was on soundstage. So, but you couldn't get past security like that. I don't think you could have done that. There's definitely Even some then. Spider-Man stuff from Sam and Reese Spider-Man that was shot that oh, yeah. involved the Twin Towers. I remember that. Yeah, he made yeah. a web in between them. Yeah, that they had to re- do some reshoots for. They had to reshoot a whole episode of Friends. Mm. For it as well. Mm. I just like Jack's gumption, how he doesn't give up. Yeah, no, he does not give up. Yeah, I think... I think the desperation has changed, right? From being lonely and miserable to wanting that happiness back in his life. And that same drive that took him to the mountaintop in the corporate world is going to take him to the top of the family, man. You know, he just wants Kate back. So said Ewok also a gummy bear. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. I'm a gummy bear. Oh boy. (laughs) Random. So guys, What do we think of 2000's The Family Man, starring Nicolas Cage and Taya Leone? Is it good? Is it bad? Let's rate this sucker. I'm going to go first. I think it was a lot of fun. I think this is going to be added to my normal holiday Christmas movie repertoire. 
Um, and I'm going to give it a, like a number, like a number seven. A number seven? A number seven. <laughs> the number seven. Like the you're going to rate it a seven? No, no. I'm <laughs> going to rate it a number seven. seven. All right. Shannon, what do you rate it before you puke everywhere? Um, goodness. I would give this movie probably a, a number 6.5. Number 6.5. All yeah, right. For sure. It didn't blow your skirt up, but you're not turning it away either. Correct. Okay. Six. Matt, what do you say? What do you say? Uh, this is one of my favorite Christmas films of all time, and I really, really enjoy this movie. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, though, like, what do you think happens after that? Do they, like, are Annie and Josh born, or do they make two I different kids? I don't think that's how stuff works, <laughs> but... Maybe they never even have children. Who knows? But it looks like they're definitely sowing the seeds of getting back together because she is his other half. Right. Um. Yeah. It's it's one of my favorite Christmas films of all time. Uh. I'm not normally huge on holiday films though, so I, I don't know. I really like it though. I, I'm going to give it an eight. An eight. All right. All right. Very good. Respectable. Um, this also is one of my favorite holiday movies. I really enjoyed Nicolas Cage's performance in this movie. I think Taylor Leone and him have great chemistry, which in Christmas movies is not always the case. Oh, um, speaking of case, I have briefcase hands. Exactly. <laughs> He's got briefcase dick. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what I'm what? talking about. The, um, the kid, kid actors can be a detriment to your movie too. And little what's-her-face Mackenzie Vega was super cute. Super cute. Uh, carried a lot of uh, emotional weight in this movie, and she did it with a plum, right? Yeah, absolutely. Very, very good. And I am going to go ahead and rate this movie an 8.5, I say. 8.5, I say. Joe wow. never gives him the highest rating. Well, no. Nicolas Cage has stolen a piece of my heart, just like he stole the Declaration of Independence. He yeah. found the secret map on the back and just whittles way in there. It. He'll never leave. So, guys... That's it for The Family Man. We enjoyed it. What do you guys think of The Family Man? Hit us up at Movie Dummies Podcast on Instagram, where this post will be located. Probably. Probably. Totally. Says Hello. Angela, who runs our Instagram account. Sometimes very badly. Sometimes very badly. All right. Well, before Shannon completely loses it, let's get out of here. Let's play the Jingle Bell song again. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next week to talk recommendations. That Hawkeye finale. Uh, maybe Wheel of Time finale too, Matt. All right. Um, so until then, I am Joe. I'm Shannon. I'm Angela. Yeah, I'm Matt. And we'll talk to you later also. Bye. Bye. Merry Chrysler. Bye. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah.